When we went to Illinois nearly two years ago to do a story on a young, charismatic senator named Barack Obama, it wasn't because we thought he was going to be elected the 44th president of the United States. Nobody thought that. But he was becoming a political phenomenon, and there had never been a presidential candidate quite like him. His last name rhymed with Osama, his middle name was Hussein, racially he was half white and half black, and politically he was green. It would have been easy to dismiss him were it not for the fact that he was running second in the polls behind Hillary Clinton for the Democratic presidential nomination. We wanted to find out what all the fuss was about. This is the old state capitol. We've got uh, obviously a lot of history here. It was a frigid February night in 2007 at the old state capitol in Springfield, Illinois, where Barack Obama, a first-term senator with two years of national political experience, planned to announce his candidacy for president the following day. Three years ago, you were a state legislator here in Springfield. What makes you think that you're qualified to be president of the United States? You know, I think we're in a moment of history where Probably the most important thing we need to do is to bring the country together. Uh, and one of the skills that I bring to bear is uh, being able to uh, pull together the different strands of American life and, and, and focus on uh, what we have in common. You don't have any doubts that you're ready? No. Where do you get all this confidence? <laughs> My wife asks me that all the time. He sat at this desk and as he gave us a tour of the building where Abraham Lincoln served in the legislature and delivered the House Divided speech, there was much for Obama to be confident about. At age 45, he was one of only three black senators since Reconstruction, the first African-American president of the Harvard Law Review, a professor of constitutional law at the University of Chicago, and the author of two best-selling books. This is a campaign banner? This is a campaign banner. And he was just audacious enough to invite comparisons to one of the few American presidents who was elected with even less political experience than he had. And he grew into the presidency in ways that I think nobody would have anticipated. We had first met him the week before at the winter meeting of the Democratic National Committee in Washington. It was, in the parlance of politicos, a cattle call, an opportunity for all 10 Democratic presidential hopefuls to make their pitch to the movers and shakers. I know that it's hard to believe that we can do this. Obama's reception was warm, which you might expect for a rising young star. But it was a tough room. There is no stopping us. Join me. Most of those in attendance were already committed to Senator Hillary Clinton or John Edwards. And Obama's candidacy was not yet taken seriously, at least by the party establishment. So nice to see you. How are you? How are you? How are you? But it was a much different story later that afternoon on the campus of George Mason University in the Virginia suburbs, where Obama held his first campaign rally just two weeks after establishing an exploratory presidential committee. Our staff had nothing to do with organizing this. They, these kids organized it. We just showed up. How soon are we ready to start? It was our first exposure to what came to be known as Obama mania. Let's, let's just roll. Let's go. Let's go talk to some people. Hey! Hey! You sensed immediately that something unusual was going on, something rarely seen in American politics. You guys are too fired up. 5,000 students had turned out to see him, flooding the main floor of the Johnson Center and ringing the floors above. Thank you. He had opposed the Iraq war from the very beginning. 
and he urged his young audience to cast aside its cynicism of politics and engage the system, evoking the words of Martin Luther King. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. It bends towards justice. But here's the thing, young people, it doesn't bend on its own. He had yet to declare his candidacy, but he was already the biggest political celebrity in America. Propelled by the media hunger for a fresh face and a good story, he had graced the covers of Time and Newsweek, been endorsed by Oprah, and the campaign itself seemed to have morphed out of his latest book tour. Mr. Obama, is America ready for black presidents? As he left the stage and made his way out of the building, he was mobbed by a crush of people, protected only by university security. It was not a problem he encountered in the U.S. Senate, where as the junior senator from Illinois, he was 88th on the list of seniority. A political neophyte and a body where patience is prized. Budgets are about priorities. but Frustrated by the ways of Washington and concerned about being co-opted or compromised, he decided that this was his moment to make the move. I want to read you a quote from the St. Petersburg Times. Obama needs more than one Senate term to qualify for the presidency of the United States. The world is too complex and dangerous for this likable, charismatic African-American neophyte to practice on-the-job training. Right. Why are you in such a hurry? Why not? <laughs> you, know, you know, the truth is I'm not. We have a narrow window to solve some of the problems that we face. Ten years from now, uh, we may not be in a position to, to uh, recover the sense of respect around the world that we've lost over the last six years. Certainly when you look at our energy policy and environment uh, and the, the prospects of climate change, we've got to make some decisions right now. And so I feel a sense of urgency uh, for the country. All those there were all sorts of things that mitigated his chances for success, not the least of which was race. His father was a black man from Kenya, his mother a white woman from Kansas, and he spent his formative years living with his maternal grandparents in Hawaii. A black child and a white family, he struggled with his racial identity. If you look African-American in this society, you're treated as an African-American. Uh, and uh, when you're a child in particular, uh, that is how you begin to identify yourself. How important is race in defining yourself? I am rooted in the African-American community, but I'm not defined by it. Uh, I am uh, comfortable in my racial identity, but that's not all I am. You think the country's ready for a black president? Yes. You don't think it's going to hold you back? No. I, you know, the, uh, I think if I uh, don't win this race, uh, it will be because of other factors. It's, it's going to be because uh, I have not uh, shown to the American people a vision for where the country needs to go that, uh, uh, that they can embrace. This whole area. A few days later, we were driving around the south side of Chicago where that vision had begun to take shape. After graduating from Columbia University, Obama took a job working as a community organizer for $13,000 a year. I worked out of the basement right here in Holy Rosary Church. You can make a left here. This is Augell Gardens, which is uh, a public housing project. It was Obama's first real interface with politics and government and helped convince him that change comes from the bottom up by mobilizing grassroots support, one of the tenets of his campaign. But support was slow in coming from the African-American community, where some dismissed him as the son of an immigrant, not a descendant of slaves. 
there are African Americans who don't think that you're black enough, who don't think that you have had the required experience. Uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, when I'm walking down the south side of Chicago and uh, visiting my barber shop and uh, playing basketball in uh, in some of these neighborhoods, those aren't questions I get asked. They think you're black. <laughs> as far as they can tell. I also notice when I'm catching a cab, nobody uh, nobody's confused about that either. As a consequence, he would make lasting uh, political friendships here that would help him later in his career. But after three years as a community organizer. Obama enrolled at Harvard Law School, and through a summer program with a Chicago law firm, he met Michelle Robinson, another Harvard Law School grad who was assigned to look after him. You were his mentor. I was, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was. I was his boss. No, no. I was a first-year associate at Sidley and Austin, and he was a first-year summer associate. Was it love at first sight? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it was interest at first sight because I had this preconceived notion about who this guy was going to be because, you know, I'd read his biography. But then he came in that, that first day and he was cuter than he looked on his picture, so I was impressed. Um, and we went to lunch and we actually had a, a good, good conversation. He was interesting, he was self-deprecating, he was... Uh, he, was he was funny, uh, and his background was, was just amazing. And when did it become, how long did it take to become something more than that? Well, I, I, I was persistent. So I, I asked her out and she, uh, she said no. She was taking this, uh, this whole advisory thing too seriously. Eventually she gave in. I, I, I took her to Basket Robbins for ice cream and that sealed the deal. When they first got married 16 years ago, they lived at her parents' home on Chicago's well, south side. Of, uh, right here is uh, my mother-in-law's uh, house, the uh, house that Michelle grew up in. And uh, we lived on the second floor uh, before we could aff afford our own, own apartment. I studied the bar up in that little, uh, little alcove right up there. And uh, so my mother-in-law still lives here. This is the favorite place uh, to hang out for my two daughters. Really? They still love coming over to Grandma's house where she basically lets them get away with anything they want. <laughs> the Obamas now live in this house on the edge of the University of Chicago campus, where Michelle was an executive with the university's hospitals. The two girls, Sasha and Malia, were five and eight, and they were the ones who let us in when we rang the doorbell. Does your dad do this every weekend? No, he used to. <laughs> what else does he make besides tuna fish? Chili, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what about my what about my delicious cheese toast? Mommy, can I eat? I guess that. Yeah, mm -hmm. you yeah. Make that, cheese toast. That you don't think that qualifies as uh, as no. cooking, no. huh? No, not exactly. Listen, I actually used to cook before uh, before Michelle and I got married. Uh, and then we got married and And then stopped. we got married and I stopped. The two girls were interested in their father's campaign only to the extent that it influenced their campaign to get a dog. Their only memory of, of the White House when they made the tour was President Bush's dog. So, so that was their main focus uh, was uh, the, the, the possibility. This of, is our in. This is our we in, because they've been angling dog. for this dog right. for a long time. Good, yeah. all right, <laughs> and, uh, you run for president, but if we get a dog, we don't care what you do. When it came to politics, Michelle was always the harder sell. Has it put strains on the marriage from time to time? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it has. But you let him go ahead and do this? Yeah, 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 a absolutely. I think if I weren't married to him, 
I'd want him to be in there. Uh, so I don't want to stand in the way of that because we have to work out a few things. So we've had those arguments. Uh, and, uh, and I've lost them all. <laughs> well, we, we were with him at, at George Mason, um, and it was, like, it was like a rock concert. I mean, he was, people were mobbing him. Do you understand this charisma thing? You see it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I'm not moved in that way. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you, were, you were saying the other day that uh, uh, you have your husband, mm -hmm. and then there's this character. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. That's who, how the kids see it. Yeah, yeah. There's Barack Obama. Yeah, and, and yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, he's an interesting, interesting guy. Fascinating. Right? Yeah. Fascinating. You might vote for him. I would vote for but him. But he has nothing to do I with I want him to run for office. Yeah, he has nothing to do with the. the what goes on here. <laughs> the guy who, uh, yeah, doesn't. Uh, Put up his Doesn't socks. put up his socks. Yeah, right. no, two different people. Is he competitive? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, he doesn't like to lose. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a competitor. He's a he's a he's an athlete. You know, even playing a pickup game, even playing Scrabble, <laughs> he, he likes to win. Yeah. This is a tough question to ask, but a number of years ago, Colin Powell was thinking about running for president, and his wife uh, Alma really did not want him to run because she was worried about some crazy person uh, uh, with a gun. Mm -hmm. Has that been a factor? I mean, have you talked about that? Is that something that you think about? I don't lose sleep over it um, because the realities are is that you know, as a black man, you know, Barack can get shot going to the gas station. You know, so you, you know, you can't, you know, you, you can't make decisions based on, on fear and the possibility of what might happen. Uh, we, we just weren't ra raised that way. The following Saturday, February 10th, 2007, they made the trip to Springfield where Barack Obama formally declared his candidacy for president of the United States from the steps of the old Capitol. I know that I haven't spent a lot of time learning the ways of Washington. But I've been there long enough to know that the ways of Washington must change. It seemed like a real long shot, but 17,000 people waited hours in seven-degree temperatures to witness the occasion. Obama's two-year audition before the American people had begun. 